Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey, and today I've got two wonderful women here with me. Amber is here. Hi, Amber. Hello. And then I've also got Miss Jana Dean here today. So Jana Dean is the owner of Jana Dean Coaching and Hypnosis. She's been coaching for about seven years. Her clients range anywhere from seven years old all the way up to 77 years old. And she actually got her start doing mental toughness coaching with athletes, but has expanded from there in the last seven years. And at Spry, we've been honored also to have her come and do some group coaching with our team. So we can vouch very well for, for Jana Dean and how wonderful of a coach she is. So welcome, Jana. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Lacey. What a wonderful intro. And you guys know how much I love working with you girls. So I was excited to see your invite come through. Thank you. You're so welcome. I was just going to ask Jana, Jana, have you ever been on a podcast before? I have. I had one other podcast that I did. Yep. It was really fun. Basically, it's just talking, right? We're just talking. Yep having a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into the meat of it, I always like to start with kind of a icebreaker question. So tell me, is there any piece of social media content that you've uh, taken in in the last little while that has brought you joy? Yes. I find a lot of joy in social media content, but one um, recently came through my feed and it was the cutest. I watch a lot of kids. I love kids. Kids bring me so much joy and make me happy. They're so real and open and honest. And I was scrolling through and came across it's, I think it's a group called uplift and their media, their social media is all about uplifting content. There's a little boy, six-year-old boy with his brother and the little brother is probably three or four and he's crying and he's upset. And The big brothers, the eye contact he was making with him was so incredible. And he was guiding him through deep breathing techniques. And he was very focused on showing him how to calm his body. And he was just coaching him and encouraging him. And I don't know, it melted my heart. I probably watched it 10 times just to watch his was so intent on bringing him into like this calm state so i watched that one too it was like what maybe like a six-year-old and a four-year-old maybe i think so and the four-year-old was just crying crying and the six-year-old was like okay let's take a deep breath and the and the kid would kind of start to to get really emotional again he go oh 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 okay back to your breath it was so so sweet and and that eye contact he was making and how he would move his hand to kind of guide him you know he was holding his hand up on the breath and down on the breath so it was so sweet and i'm like somebody i mean i love that mindfulness so there's a lot of great um tools out there that somebody's teaching these kids Mm -hmm. which i absolutely love so yeah, that I would say for me, that was one recently that I absolutely love. That's great. I, lo- I just love hearing how different everyone's uh, piece of content is that brought them joy on social media. But oftentimes I do see it with children included, you know, like there there is this beautiful authenticity that can come from, you know, a, a child just engaging in life. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Jana, this month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we at Spry have been focusing all of our content this month on social media mental health. And so we want to talk to you a little bit about that topic. And we heard from you that you've got a couple of clients who are on different ends of of 
age spectrums who are kind of experiencing and trying to set some goals around social media. So can you give us a little intro? What's Tell us a little bit about the people who are coming in to talk to you about social media and what they're experiencing. Yes, this is a very interesting um, dynamic because it happened to be a daughter and dad. And they ah. I have been working with the daughter for almost two years. And then her dad just recently started coming to me. And in the in the two years I've been working with the daughter, she's 18 years old. She's a she's gonna be graduating this year. And we've been working on things like anxiety and stress and confidence. And social media has definitely been one of the topics, the common themes that comes up, I would say, at least three times a month in working wow. with her. So we're we're oftentimes like working through that, developing, you know, just asking questions about what it is. And it's awesome, this generation, because they can break it down to the specifics. Like if somebody's not liking their content or, if, you know, just the pressure of, you know, body image things of watching other other young women on social media that I should be looking like this. So there's this dynamic of all these pressures coming in of the shoulds. I should look like that. I, you know, so so that's a big one with the 18 year old. And then, like I said, recently, her dad came in, just a great man. And one of his goals was to be to put his phone away. Like it was mm. too much. Like he he really feels like it's distracting from his family. His family is like number one in his value system. So he's really could see where it was becoming all consuming, you know, just, and, and he was getting really frustrated with himself. Like he would just find himself like mindlessly scrolling when maybe there's, you know, the family's engaged in something over here and there's a lot of guilt and frustration and even just anger around this behavior. So we began to kind of work on some specific strategies to help him gain more control over it. So that has been really cool to watch over the last few weeks. Well, it's interesting. I'm sure the dynamic that they have, they're not the only ones, uh, they're not the only family experiencing this similar dynamic. I mean, I know that my kids, we recently did kind of a fun family activity, you know, and um, we were cooking in the kitchen together. And my son, who's seven, um, who usually is one of the big, bigger technology users. You know, he loves his his YouTube channels that give him video game content and he loves his video games. And we were in there together and he kind of looked at me and he was like, this seems like special family time. I'm not going to go watch a video. Let's just, oh. let's all do no technology for this. Oh, and I go like gosh. this. I go, okay, but... I'm just going to text my boyfriend back just a little. And and he's like, no technology, mom. I'm like, ooh, okay. I could, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bless his heart. You know, we do, um, at Spry, we have a youth advocacy program that we run. Um, it's called Guidelines for a Healthy Digital Life. And we go into schools and talk to kids about social media and how they can set themselves up for healthy life with social media um and one of we sent out a questionnaire ahead of time one of the very last questions is if you could tell adults anything about their social media usage what would it be and i would say i don't know lacy at 75 to 90 percent get off your phone that's the answer it's a, they say you know you tell us to get off of our phone but you're on it just as much um are you even listening to me? Could you at least ask how my day was instead of being on your phone all the time? And I mean, these are fourth, fifth, and sixth graders mm -hmm. who, Brutal. who you know, would tell their parents this if if they had the opportunity to. So I, I think it's... I don't know about them, but mine do tell me that. <laughs> so... I think it's a really interesting dynamic that in this situation that you're talking about with your two clients that that 
you know, the dad seems like he is he really is wanting to make these changes. Is he wanting to make those changes independently or or in order to model that behavior? I don't think modeling was his first priority, but um, for me, it, as his coach, it cued it up because I knew his daughter had she really wants to do that. So it's it was interesting that I could see the connection, I thought. And she really um, admires her parents. She listens to her parents. She has a great connection with them, a lot of communication, respects them. You know, she'll, she'll often repeat back what her parents have told her because she really listens and respects them. So I knew that that would be, if he can begin that process for himself, I know what the benefits are going to be for her. And we're still on that journey with them. I'm still seeing them. So it's, this is all kind of fresh and new, but in fact, he he had his plan in place and he was really excited about it. He was going to plug his phone in in another room. And then he came back the next week and he felt like he had done really, you know, he did really well with it. He said, I only think I went and got it once. I'm like, cool, perfect, great. That's awesome. And then by the third week, he began to notice the behaviors changing where it was kind of slipping back in, you know, so we begin. And I, so we just got curious with that too, rather than, because I could tell he was judging himself on it, like, like feeling I like had- he had failed. He had set this goal of plugging his phone in in another room and and he had been going back to it instead of leaving it there. And so he was judging himself for that behavior. Yeah, he was. One of the things that we talked about is just getting curious, you know, because I feel like anytime we're trying to create new habits or patterns in the in the brain and or just habits in our life, instead of like judging ourselves so harshly, it's like, okay, I blew it, phone's back in. And then we just go right back into the old, you know, way of being, I'm doing a scrolling finger right now. So, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but it's get curious, you know, so he, we got curious and I asked him about the times. So tell me about when you went and got your phone, like what was happening in the house, what was going on. And I think he and his wife had been watching a movie, but then she got interrupted to text the daughter. So he went and grabbed his phone and started scrolling and it was looking at, okay, was it mindless or were you aware of what you were doing? Mm. No, I was aware of it. I was like, okay, cool. So then what happened? Well, when the wife got off the phone, he went and plugged it back in. So, you know, I said, don't, that's okay. You know, don't, don't beat yourself up over that. Just be aware of next time, if maybe there's something else you would rather do. Maybe you just sit there and work on some deep breathing, if that's really what you want to do or grab the phone, but just not beating ourselves up so harshly and being hard on ourselves for it. You know, Amber, in your behavior, and I'm putting the question to you, so I don't have to answer it in your be in, in your behavior, in your experience, how how good are you do you think at being intentional about picking up and looking at your phone versus it kind of being a mindless um just uh reactive kind of thing um on a scale of one to ten i am a zero intentional Ooh, you think so yeah i it's a habit it's it's bad and i and if i don't i often there are sometimes when there's enough going on that i don't know where my phone is and that's when I come back to it, I'm like, oh, that was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'd love to be more intentional about that. But I got 99 problems. And so far, that one hasn't been at the top of my priorities. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I feel like you ladies are in a very unique because of your jobs, you know, because of your careers that you're in. So it becomes even more so, you know, and so how how do you find that balance and how do you find that um awareness, I was going to say control, but I guess it's more of an awareness around how much time, where do you want to put your energy and how much time 
do you want to spend on it? So those are some questions to start to play with about getting intentional, because sometimes this feeling of I'm going to intend to do this. I'm going to, you know, like we get really harsh with ourselves because we feel like we're, we're doing something wrong, you know? And so it's being able, I, I'm all about bringing in the gentleness and curiosity around, around it. Cause that's where the lasting behavior changes. That's where real authentic behaviors change. The moment of real truth is right here. You know, iPhone uh, several updates ago started sending you your, your usage, your screen time report every week. I was like getting pretty depressed about it. So I just shut it off. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to know. <laughs> don't tell me. It's like, it's like 9am, three hours. I'm like, oh, come on. So I set it down a couple of times. I probably left it open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jana, a lot of us that are, that I would say are, you know, over 30, right? We're in our 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, we didn't have this kind of technology when we were growing up. And so we're kind of like wading through this, this brand new environment of, of having to learn how to set boundaries around this. Um, but 18 year olds have had this all of their life that they can remember. So how different is the difficulties that an 18 year old is having versus the difficulties that a 50 year old is having around social media? That's a great question. I like that question a lot. The The difficulties that I'm seeing in the younger age bracket is the pressure to be whatever it is that they're seeing. So it's, it's almost identity based. It is. Yes. Yes. Where I feel like in older clients or people that haven't had it growing up, it's more of a, there's a frustration that they're, that something's controlling them like this. Mm. That's kind of what I'm seeing. And they want to change it because they know there's a different way of being. Oh, I see. So they've experienced something different. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's my assessment of it. That's what I'm seeing. So do you think the 18 year olds or the, you know, the, the teens, the 20 year olds, do they just not know that there's a different way of being without your phone? And so it's just part of them? Yeah. <laughs> I, would, right. I would say yes. I would say yes to that, that question. Unless they were raised, um, like I, my kids were older than when they got phones. So they had a whole up till like 14, 15, they were without. So they had all that time. But I have seen a shift just in them. You know, once my daughter got it, it was constant, you know, just constantly on it. So you see, I think it's that exposure to it too. Because I mean, I think, I wonder what the average age, do you guys know, are you within your, in your studies or data collecting, what's the average age for kids with some type of device? What by fourth grade, almost all of them had access to a device that was connected to the internet in fourth grade and almost unlimited access. Like more than 50% said that their parents didn't monitor what they were doing on it at all. That was consistent across, I think, probably five different presentations that we did um, at different schools um, here in Lewis County, Washington. So, I mean, who knows if that's different nationwide, statewide, mm-hmm. worldwide. I'm sure it's different worldwide. <laughs> yeah. But and that was consistent across I think about five different schools that we went to or or assemblies. I think we visited one school twice just here in um, the same county in Washington state. So those metrics might be a little bit different in, you know, statewide or federally or, or na- nationally, I should say. Um, but it was consistent that fourth graders had access to a a device and that by sixth grade they all had their own private device across the board 
the thing that was most surprising, I think, for Lacey and I was how many of those kids had unsupervised access. So many of them, you know, we are like on a scale of one to 10, how much do your parents watch what you're doing online? And three was the average overall. So I, and I would say that I'm a much better parent in my head than I am in reality. I I will look at my kids' stuff, but it's not intentional again. It's just when the opportunity presents itself, I guess. And that's kind of scary. I do think it's interesting that, that Jana, you're talking about younger people really having um, that the issues that they're dealing with are identity based. And I think that makes so much more sense, right? Because at this age, they're still developing their identity. And so those of us who did not have social media when we were younger, our identity was developed by the people physically around us by, um, you know, the furthest we could go is like our Britney Spears poster on the wall, right? Like, I want to be like that. Um, you know, but now they've got access to um, Instagram stories, to YouTube, to TikTok channels, where it's every day they're being bombarded with people's content. And and that's what they're comparing themselves against, right? So there's, do you think that this comparative nature and just the amount of content that we have to compare ourselves against is, is part of why it's this identity-based issues that are coming out with this younger people? I would agree with that. I really would. I, I think that I think that the pressures are ever growing and changing too. So like my client, the younger client was telling me, I hope I get this right. I think it was something with TikTok and it had to do, there was that now like a new area where of pressure, like it had to do with a like, or it had to do with, you know, but, but all these little hidden pockets of social media. So you, mm. you not only have the content coming in of what to look like, what, you know, what norm is and what to look like, but then there's all these low key under the radar ways of communicating, but then also getting kudos and accolades, like mm. what's considered, you know, cool or, you know, at the time. So it's just, it's so intricate. It's very intricate and it changes so quickly with these kids. Cause she was like, now I have the pressure of this, you know, you know, just when you think you're, everything's going great. Now we have this pressure. That's kind of what I was getting from her. Like one more thing to worry about. And it constantly changes. There's constantly new. And that's that's not that's not gonna stop, I don't think, you know. It'll keep changing at I, I bet faster and faster rates too. And so how on earth do we build skills to keep ourselves calm and centered when there's this constantly changing fire hose of comparative content coming at us? Jana, tell us the answer to everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, it really is like, I'll just, I'll share what I shared with my client. Like we are really working on developing self-love, self-confidence, authentic. And this isn't like based on external, which means, I mean, that, that's a tricky one because, you know, we want approval of our parents and we want to make our parents proud and we want to, you know, be a good friend and all that. But at the end of the day, it's the, really the going within and really growing and developing that self-love of and your enoughness. So that's mm -hmm. been a big focus. And she's, she's incredible. And I'm glad that she's getting these tools because if she didn't have them, I mean, I think her anxiety would be, I, I just know where it would be. So, but she's always, she has this place now to go back into and it becomes this practice, you know, just as much as, as the other becomes a practice, you know, like the scrolling or the mindlessness. So one thing that we did too, is that she's, she's following content 
that will support that self-love. Mm. She's following the content that, so she's really bringing a lot more of that in. So that's more control rather than it just being random, you know, things, what, what the algorithms are showing her. So it's, that's it's, another level of intentionality. It is. It is. Yeah, it, it really is. And then, and then sifting through all of that as well, because you can have great, and this is just personal experience, like great positive content coming in, but that can have a level of overwhelm, like, Oh, I want to sign up for that webinar or this or that. And then you don't get on the webinar on time, you know, all of those things. So it's really like, take the deep breath, go within and just take a pause, you know? So that's, yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Now I heard you say, you know, that now she has this place she can go to and it's interesting. You're calling it a place. So, so tell me about how we build this place that we can go to when we're feeling this sense of overwhelm on social media or, you know, these negative feelings coming from social media. I, it, it is kind of a place I love it. I didn't realize I said that. So thank you for, I'm like, Ooh, I like that. I like it. That <laughs> <I said that." laughs> but so everybody's place is going to look different. So it's the things that bring you joy, the things that bring you peace, the things that bring you comfort and happiness and confidence. It's a discovery place for sure, you know, but it really is the going within and beginning this work of knowing that we're enough because, and I just, I'm just going to cut to the chase here, you guys, like in working with all my clients, I promise you at the end of the day, we all have that feeling of not being enough. When we work it back to every root cause it's that we're not enough so that i mean parents if you can hear me out there you know be working on this with with yourselves first and then moving it into our kids you know to understand that this true authentic confidence that's coming in not just because you're getting pats on the back from everybody even though that feels really really good but what are some skills that they're developing what are some skills that you're doing every day to show up in the world and then begin highlighting those in your life because i think it's really easy for us to like, when we're putting our head on our pillow at night, okay, I didn't get that done, or I didn't do that, or the momming, you know, we're not enough there, or I failed here or failed there. It's so important to direct the mind to what you have done really well for that day. And what, what you can just like put your head on the pillow and be like, okay, that was awesome. Or that was good. It doesn't even have to be awesome. It can just be, but we have to begin training the mind to notice our enoughness and, and, the, and how we're showing up in really wonderful ways in the world and in our lives. Amber, I know this concept is is kind of a home to you too, as you just got a tattoo a couple months ago that says, let it be enough, right? So so how's your internal place? How, how's the structure of your internal place that you go to when you're feeling overwhelmed? Oh, when I'm feeling overwhelmed? Um, oh, that's tough. I, Jana, I've actually sat on, a, on Jana's couch before privately and told her how overwhelmed I got. And I'll tell you, you want to know what she said? She, she had me write a list of everything that I was responsible for in that moment in time. And, um, she's like, this list is making me overwhelmed. And it was just my, <laughs> it was just my list. Right. And so, um, I've tried to live by her advice and I bring it up. I've probably said it a million times. If it's not a yes, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no, right? So, so for me, I have to quit taking my my love language is acts of service, and so I constantly take things on, and um, 
social media plays a part in that because anytime somebody is like, Hey, I need this. I mean, there's a, a person I barely know. I know her through softball and she's like, I need a babysitter for my kid on Friday. And I'm sitting here in my head trying to figure out how I could help her out. So I'm constantly bringing that stuff upon myself um, until I just, I have a bigger um, capacity for that kind of stuff than most people. But when I get to a point of so overwhelmed that I can't handle it anymore to answer your question, I don't know if I have an answer for that question. Cause usually I just start getting resentful. Like, why are you guys asking me for so much help? Yeah. It sounds like your place is filled with other people's needs right now. <laughs> it always, it always yeah. is. And it's weird that I'm fulfilled by that until I'm not. And mm. there's like, there's, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a gradual like climb. It's just like, a, I'm going good. I'm going good. And then wham, right off the cliff. Mm. It's, it's weird. It's something that I definitely have to work on. So, um, when I'm overwhelmed, I try to just make a list and it's in those moments that I get better about saying no so that I can get some things chipped off my list. But I'll tell you, as soon as that list is back down, I'm like, what else can I do? <laughs> yeah. And it's Still about directing that energy. Like you and I talked about this before, Amber, like when we get that depleted feeling or the not enoughness, it's really kind of like taking a little assessment of what are the areas, what are the stories we're telling ourselves and what are the areas in our life where those energy leaks are going and mm. plugging that hole on some of the, on that list. Like maybe there's some things that you don't need to find the babysitter. You know, she can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can, that's a, that's a leak that can get plugged. So being able to like, kind of just pay attention to where you're putting your time and your energy too. And then that could go back to even the 18 year old girl that I'm talking mm -hmm. about my client, you know, where is she putting her time? And is it, what is the return on that? Are you feeling like crap? You know what I mean? Are you putting, you know, two hours into scrolling through Instagram and it's just leaving you feeling depleted? and worthless. So then that has to get reevaluated. Okay. Well, how do I want this to look, you know, maybe it's 20 minutes of inspiring, you know, content. I'm going to seek out the inspiring content and then journal on it. You know, things like that to where we get back in that driver's seat, we get back in control. Cause, and that, and Lacey, like what you were saying, the older generation, we're aware that it's, it's taking our control, the younger, not so much. So it's really being able to help them get back, get in their own driver's seat and be able to drive how they want it to look. Cause it's and not going away. It's not right. going away. So we, it's beginning. How do we work with this? How do we not hate it and resent it and just want to get rid of it completely? Cause I think there's so many wonderful, beautiful things about social media. I love so many things about it, but how do we gain back our control and our power and not give our energy away constantly. Cause you're right. Social media can be one of the leaks, one of the energy leaks. You know, my, one of my close friends once told me that social media feels like a job she doesn't get paid for. It's <laughs> like, you know, every day you have to log in and clock in your hours and you, you know, you have to respond back to these people and comment on this stuff, but you don't even get paid for it. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> time to clock in for my nightly, my nightly dude, my nightly shift. Right. Like, right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. It's true. There's some truth in that. So one of the things that, that we're kind of concerned about as a whole at Spry is a lot of content that comes out. I mean, yes, we can control the content we put out and whether it's, you know, a value and whether it's uplifting, we can control that very well, but there is so much content online on social media specifically that is so fear inducing 
Um, and sometimes the amount of content that we're being exposed to that is so scary and fearful can can really impact us. So how do we manage being exposed to that type of content, but maybe not letting it, you know, affect us to the point that it's that it's negatively impacting our mental health? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, one question is like looking at, okay, so when you, when you experience the fear content, is it part of the job? Like you see it coming in. So you, you can't like hide or unfollow in that case, or can you? I would say more from probably a personal standpoint, right? Like from when you're scrolling through your own stuff and seeing it. Okay. Okay. So that, I mean, if it, I think if it, it's igniting that emotion that's difficult inside of you, there's a couple things that you can do. You can get curious about the emotion and allow yourself to sit with it for a second, or you can just unfollow or hide. I mean, I, my news feed is really full of amazing content because it's, I, I intended that I was intentional about that, you know? So I think that we have a lot more control. Like you can go into and just hide, unfollow for 30 days, whatever it is that you want to do. When, when the election was going on, there was a lot of unfollowing for 30 days and it was, it was out of pure love for myself first and even love for the people that, you know, maybe not on, like, we're not all on the same page, but that was okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't ill intended or anything like their jerk. You know, it wasn't like that. It was just more, this is my personal choice. And I'm going to yeah, take I don't want to think differently of you. So yeah. I'm going to well, No, and it was like, it wasn't even just to be honest with you, Amber, it wasn't that it was more like, this is how, this is my personal choice and how I'm going to take care of myself and still yeah. love that person, regardless of whatever it is. Because I think it's the, we were all, we're all have been bombarded and continue to be bombarded. So it's really about how does it make you feel? Are you putting all that energy into reading the person's post? And then we go through and read all the comments and then you feel like crap, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a choice that you get to make. That's a control the controllables. You can control that. You can hide that and move on, or you can just move on, you know, either way. Sometimes I don't realize until maybe hours after that I was even feeling something. So, you know, I might read a piece of content and then read through all these comments and I'm fuming and like, I, I wish that I could have a practice in place that would keep me from getting to the point of fuming, you know? So how can I be more aware of what I'm feeling as it's coming instead of having to deal with the repercussions of it hours later? Yeah. I love that. Um, I read an article recently in psychology today, and I had never thought about this, but it said that when we're scrolling, we are taking in so many emotions all at the same time, because you could have that anger, but then immediately there might be the sweet story, you know, of the two brothers below it. So we don't even process that emotion of anger. We've just moved on to inspiring. Okay. I'll just go to inspiration right now and feel really so we're not really allowing ourselves to process whatever that feeling is that you initially get. And then it, then it shows up later in the day, you know, cause we've distracted. It's this feel bad distract cycle that actually has been around forever. Like people feel bad. We want to distract with whatever that might be, you know, so it, it's your first clue, Lacey is like, what's happening in the body. What is going on? Is the heart rate going up? Is my chest beating? Like when you feel anger, where, where do you feel it in your body? I get, I feel heat, uh, chest, neck, face, heat, and tears come pretty quick. Okay, good. 
So mm-hmm. see those, your body will be communicating with you. So when you say, mm-hmm. I have a practice that I want, this is part of the practice. You're going to come into this awareness when the heat hits, you get curious. Mm-hmm. You just get curious and be like, okay, what was that? What is this? What is this in this content that's igniting me and why? And then being being able to, like I said, keep the curiosity because there's no judgment then in it. There's no judgment of you getting upset. There's no judgment of the other people. Well, there might be still in that moment and that's okay. But like you get curious, you mm-hmm. can write about it. You can, I know you love to write. So like you could write about this later if you want, or even in that moment, but you get to decide in that moment, but the body, our body is our best friend because it's always going to tell us that there's something going on when a difficult emotion comes in. So queuing up to that initially, like, where am I feeling that in my body? Going into the breath, you know, get bringing in some mindfulness or just taking a break, getting up and walking away, go outside and take a big, you know, breath of fresh air. And so like Amber, when you're talking about wanting to get intentional, these are the things like that we can begin to create these practices that work for you, you know, in those moments. So you have some questions on that. Sometimes I think that especially those of us that are um, knowledge workers, right. That just sit on our butts and use a computer or a phone or a device all day to do our work. I feel often a sense of disconnection from my body. You know, I'm experienced, I'm, I'm taking in all this data and I'm experiencing all these emotions and things are only really processing through my thumb and, and my mind, right? Like I'm, I feel so disconnected from my body so often that, um, I think, I don't have enough connections sometimes to get curious about what's happening because I'm just even less aware that it's happening overall. I like that assessment of it. That's good that you have, that's an awareness in itself. So what you could begin to play with it, Lacey, and just be like, okay, my intention for the day is to cue into the body. You know, Mm -hmm. just if you begin to feel something off, like, okay, what's like when the heart, you said you were so quick, you were easy, you came up with five things immediately. (laughs) that anger made me feel. (laughs) Yeah. So like you knew in that moment, you're like, Oh, I know exactly what this is. This is a familiar one for me. So being able to get get the curiosity. And then I have, I think I've um, shared how our emotions are just a guidance system that there's an action step that's always to take place when we feel anger. So the emotion of anger this is from the secret language of feelings. There's a book and then there's a, you can, anybody can get on the website and pull it up. It's like, secret language of feelings. And there's an audio that you can listen to. That's so helpful promise. Like it takes, it's a one, two, three process. So like anger comes in, you identify it. Number one. Okay. There's anger. Where is it coming from? And then you identify a satisfying response. So like anger is all about boundaries. Something's unfair. There's a threat or a need to protect. So you can quickly go down that checklist in your mind of, okay, what's happening here? You know, this is unfair. And then be able to process that emotion in a healthy way, not just stuff it down and not deal with it. Like really begin to to process it out and ask, get curious and ask questions about it, where it's coming from. I think of my brain like a computer sometimes. And I just wish that a dialogue box could just pop up, you know, and be like, you are experiencing this emotion. Click next it. to figure out where it came from. I love <laughs> you it. Know? Let's do it. Make an app. <laughs> Report problem to Jenna Dean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. 
Well, and I think like we're so hard on ourselves about our emotions, like whether it's we're not feeling them or we're feeling them too much, like we're too emotional. We judge ourselves so harshly over our emotions when I just think like from all that I've learned, our emotions are just guiding us. There's no real, I mean, people use negative and positive, but it's, it's just their emotions and they're just, you know, joy and sadness is there and anger and happiness is there. But let's, what are they trying to communicate to us? The joy is showing us, oh, I like this. This feels good in my body. I want more. And, you know, the anger is saying, okay, there's a boundary that was crossed here. Let's look at that. You know, so being able to, once you get it, like once you understand what they're about, it's like, it doesn't have quite the hold anymore on us. So yeah, it's good stuff. It's really you know, helped me because anger you know, used to be my go-to as well. Like, I, you know, I just like the house is a mess. It's like, bah! You I was know, gonna but say, now I know, like, okay, now I'm getting, I'm getting so much better. I'm not perfect, but I'm getting way better at it, you guys. You know, Inside Out, the movie Inside Out, yeah. of course, and you know how joy was like the leader of the emotions within the one character and like in the dad character anger is the leader of the emotions and my kids told me that that anger would be in charge of mine and I'm like get out of here with that get out how dare you I'm angry now (laughs) as an adult I watched that movie and I was like this movie is deep yeah Mm -hmm. like whoa I love it. And I love it that they're teaching kids these things. I think it's incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go back and watch that now, you guys, because it's been a few years since I've seen it. Yeah. Well, Jana, I think this was a good discussion overall and kind of um, specifically, I feel very interested in the differences between how people are engaging with social media from different age ranges, as well as just really just doubling down on our intentionality behind how we're using social media, how we're feeling when we're using social media. Um, Amber, do you have any other questions before I, I do my closing question for Jana? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I think both of us could probably just talk to Jana forever. Yes. um, I I love talking to you guys too. You guys are awesome. Do I low key try to turn every conversation into um, me getting coaching from Jana? Yeah, Yeah. that's what I do. (laughs) How can, how can we rope Jana into this? I love it, you guys. Well, it's my favorite thing to do. It really is. Yep. Well, you're darn, you're darn good at it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'm going to turn the mirror back to you for just a second, Jana. Um, I always like to end the podcast just asking about your personal relationship with social media, too. So, so you know, we talk about all the things that everybody can do to do a good job at this, but how are you doing with it? How's, how's your relationship with social media? I see there's room for improvement, for sure, especially at nighttime. Um, you know, because I plugged my phone in and I was putting it, like, right next to bed. And then um, my husband's like, you're sleeping so good. And then all of a sudden the ding goes off and you're like, uh, you know, you're waking up and you're, you know, you're just, it's jolt, it's jolting. I don't even know I'm doing it. So it's just creating. And then I sometimes don't realize I don't have it on do not disturb. So I think airplane mode is in my future. Mm. You know, I think doing something like that, but it's funny what we do though. Cause even at that, like I, there's a story like, okay, my daughter's off at college. She's what if she needs to call, you know? So it's things like, how do we, how do I work that out? So maybe setting some timers. That could be good because I really do love my sleep and getting a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. But I also like, I do have this appreciation for social media in so many ways. Like it's enhanced my life in a lot of ways, you know, being able to connect with people. I did a big fundraiser for a lady back in December. Um, 
she was had horrible living conditions and we were able to, because of social Facebook, I was able to, I just got inspired and I'm like, I'm just going to see if my people can help me with this. We raised like $5,000 in two days. Wow. I know. And then it, in a month we had eight grand so she could move out of her horrific living conditions. So I have such gratitude and appreciation for those pieces of it, you know, to where that that was definitely an inspired action that I could feel it, like get on social media and do this, get on Facebook. So there's this balance in all of it, but just knowing that the parts that I don't love, I have control over, I have control of how much I'm on it. You know, I have control of how much, what I'm hiding and, and, and whatnot. So I think it's, yeah, still always room for improvement and assessing it. And just even knowing we're going to get on top, I kind of got on to look at the time because it was like, oh, this is super cool. You can just get on and, and time yourself. And so mm -hmm. I did, I set, I'm setting some timers just to, out of, it piqued my curiosity to be able to say, what are some areas that I want to hone in? Where does, where do I want my energy to go? Okay. That was a good awareness. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I can see yeah. you. I'm, I'm trying to say your words back to you. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, ladies, thank you so much, both of you for your time. This was so fun. I love yes. getting to talk Always to you too. And those of you who are listening, if you want to hear more, um, tell us. We'll bring Jana on again. You know, I I'm dying for some live uh, social media manager counseling, like just a, a nice live session we could uh, record and put out for people. Again, yes. Am I positioning myself to get coaching? Yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> I love it. You guys are the best. All right. Well, thank you, Jana, so much. Um, and those of you listening, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we hope that you keep learning. We will talk to you soon. Bye.